Farmers Insurance knows that there's a not-so-subtle difference between the sound of a car hitting your rear bumper and the sound of a clown car hitting your rear bumper. Whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry about that. Here's a balloon animal. Add my information. We call that a three-ring fender bender, and we covered it. At Farmers... They know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. <laughs> Click for more. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck, Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, it's a switchblade shock. We have a new IWGP heavyweight champion. Now, I'm going to put all of the pants up, pants down, the Chris Talk, Strong Zero's cap, all that bullshit to one side. Let's get straight into it. Yeah, let's do it. Switchblade era. Switchblade era. You called it. Take First of all, take that victory lap because uh, you saw that coming from a mile away and um, we're first on board with that and uh, well deserved by you. Yeah, as I mentioned several times over the past few weeks, just the evidence was stacking up and up, which to me made this inevitable. I've talked about it before, the fact that this guy coming back from excursion, he's got wins over Kenny Omega, he's got wins over Tanahashi, he's got wins over Okada. And it's notable now, given that Kenny's left the company, which we'll discuss later, but that they did give him that clean win over Kenny Omega in very early on into his run with the company. You got this whole... Okada storyline, his whole 2018, the back half is 2018 being built up of the, the Rainmakers coming back and then bang, all that heat immediately transferred to Jay White, who pins him one, two, three, clean in the middle of the ring. And the whole of New Year dash as well, where you usually get your swerves, surprises, comebacks, nothing. All of that was just Jay White, Jay White, Jay White. He's been pinning, tapping out Tanashi all through this tour and it got to the point where he had to win. You can't do this. You, you couldn't just build him up and build him up and build him up and then have him lose to Tanahashi, I feel. And they've just done such a tremendous job making this guy look not only like a worthy replacement for Kenny Omega and one of the big four, but I think a deserving IWGP heavyweight champion to the point at which it wasn't a shock for a lot of people. No, it really wasn't. And 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 you could even see with the match structure and the way that it was you know laid out with Tanahashi still kind of nursing the, 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 the leg. And, and again, I wouldn't say necessarily say it was an out for Tanahashi to make him look good. I don't think that was even necessary, but it was, you know, I, again, not a dominating performance, but it would, the way that it was, it was laid out was, you know, Jay White had control of that match the just about the entire time, except for that, you know, rallying hope spot from, from, from Tanahashi and, and there were moments, especially with that style clash, where you thought, okay, you know, here's here's the tie turning, and here's where we're going to build it up. But you know, you could kind of you kind of smell it, you know, from from a, from a distance where you know, Tanahashi's this is this is a build up to get the the rug pulled out from under him, and to once again leave uh, everyone not stunned because again, I think just like you said, the handwriting was on the wall. It was, it was, when New Japan does something, they don't do it half-assed. They really don't. That They're going to put 
all in. They're going to put all their chips on the table, and 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 that's a good thing. That's a great thing. You know that that that's how it should be done. Where where those you know a lot of talk about wins and losses means meaning something has been this week. That this is the company that that lives and dives by that. Uh, wins and losses mean something, and there was no way you could you could go back on it. Um, I will say this though, as much as people kind of speculated and and felt that that Jay White was was taking the title here. I, I and, and again, this might be an, an Osaka thing. It might be a, you know, uh, a still people on the fence with Jay White being an IWGP heavyweight champion. The company obviously doesn't feel that way, but there there could be people that feel that way. It did feel like a a, a, a wet mop reaction at the end. If you took a look at that crowd, the crowd, the, the crowd sitting on their hands. Um, which again, that, that happens. Sometimes people just need to be woken up to the fact that this guy is a guy. Um, and then there's, there is this other thing that I, that I did want to touch on. And I think that people look for in Jay White that I don't know if they get, and that is a big spot moment in a match. And what do I mean by that? Like Jay White matches are good. They're solid. But you're not going to get that jump out of your chair moment or two or stretch in a match. Or at least you haven't had it yet. And you had that with just about every IWGP heavyweight champion in, in the past five years. Okada, Tanahashi, AJ, Omega. You get holy fucking shit moments. And you haven't gotten that with a, with a Jay White match. That's Okay. That's that is a different style. That is a different different way of working a match. That and that, which is perfectly okay, but but it's not one of those things where again, and, and again, I have to I, I have to think back, and I and it didn't happen with this match. There really wasn't a moment where you're jumping out of your chair, holy fucking shit, Jay White just did X to to make your head explode. And I think people are dying for that because they're accustomed to that um, element in a match. Again, whether it's Okada, Tanahashi, AJ, whoever, they're accustomed to that in in a heavyweight title match, and they haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, it's not Jay White's style, is it? His style is the calculating, methodical approach where he's not a Kenny Omega who's going to do something spectacular in the middle of the match and you know, do a, a, a top rope dragon suplex or go crashing through a table or something like that. That's not what he does. He's a crafty coward. He might not be a better wrestler than his opponent, but he's the king of gamesmanship. He gets inside his opponent's head and then he uses every single possible advantage to get ahead in the match. Just uh, opening up situations that he's planned months in advance where he's getting the perfect counter that he wants. So... I don't know if that's something that he's going to build into his repertoire at some point, but I think it fits the character for him to have this more ruthless style where you don't get that incredibly risky spot because him doing something, you know, death or glory, jumping off the top rope, trying to put someone through a table, it wouldn't fit the Switchblade character. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. But I, I guess the biggest complaint with Jay White, and again, I, I'm over it, I'm okay with it, but it it is that element of... There's, there are people that, that, especially new 
New Japan Pro Wrestling fans that are again you got a, you had a five year run of of uh, of heavyweight champions that you got that and one of the big things that brought people over to New Japan was that element right that holy shit moment right and and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for pro wrestling that's that's a debatable topic but when you're conditioned to that and you want that and you expect that because for the past 5 years you've been spoon-fed that, that might be an issue and a challenge. And you're right, it doesn't necessarily fit who Switchblade Jay White is right now, but if you're looking for that, you might be disappointed in the match quality, which has always been the the finger wag that a lot of people have with Jay White. That finger wag, you're not going to get that. Or, or, you know, it's, it's it's just not yet anyway. You know, or not now. Um, and I don't know if necessarily you got that with this match. I like this match a lot. I, I thought this match was really, really good. But again, you just didn't have that that element of, I want to say drama, but that element of build, is that the word I'm looking for? That element of 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 a crescendo, that element of the, that hot last five minutes. I don't know. Um that's just something that you're just not getting right now with Jay White. And that's not to say that this was a bad match. Certainly not. I, I went a smidge over four. Smidge over four. Um, I thought Tanahashi was amazing in this match. I thought Jay White was outstanding in this match. If there's something missing, it might be just that element. Yeah, I hear you. I think if I'm comparing it to his match at Wrestle Kingdom against Okada, which... I absolutely loved. And that did have that really hot closing stretch where they're reversing each other's finishers. Um, I think maybe the issue with this match was that Jay White kind of dominated it. There weren't any points in the match where I thought he was genuinely in peril or in danger of losing. I thought, you know, like you said, with the odds moment with Tanahashi fighting back, for the most part, I felt Jay White was in control. So maybe that somewhat dramatically compromised the casual viewers excitement at the match but I'm into the character I'm into the story so that didn't affect my enjoyment of it too much I mean I've been going back I've been re-watching some old stuff I actually re-watched the old uh the 2015 G1 final between Tanahashi and Nakamura and at the end when Nakamura goes for the uh Tanahashi hits the high fly float and pins Nakamura you can see young lion Jay White in the background jumping up fist pumping and he's absolutely delighted that his his boy his hero Tanahashi has won the match so it's really interesting seeing that and then bringing it forward into this match you did get your little sequence of reversals right after Gado got accidentally hit with a chair and I thought they did a terrific job building up the knee uh, that's been in the build-up to the whole feud uh, he attacked his knee after the Kushida farewell match and we had the TTO the Tanahashi taps out reverse figure four thing being built up we've had Tanahashi tapping out to that already and I thought the commentary Particularly Don Callis did a fantastic job of putting over how painful Tanahashi's knees must be. Talking about that he's got no ligaments left and it's just bone on bone. And it really hammered home for me. It made me feel it in my knees. There was the inside cradle counter to the Blade Runner, the callback from the King of Pro Wrestling match. We had the Styles Clash, so a little nod with Tanahashi using the moves of a previous Bullet Club leader against Jay White to show that he's unworthy of the title. We had him busting out Fujinami moves. Now, 
I think one problem with this, I don't know if it was just me that noticed it. I think you, you touched on it as well. The finish to this match looked a little bit sloppy. A little bit sloppy. The way he reversed the high fly flow into the Blade Runner could have been a bit cleaner, but I'm nitpicking. I think that was a minor thing. Yeah, I agree. But what they've done a terrific job throughout, well, the, the last year or so is building up Jay White's finishing move, the Blade Runner, because ultimately the Blade Runner, to me, it's like the most dangerous move in pro wrestling now because it can come out of nowhere and he can reverse any opponent's finisher into it. You go back and watch how many other opponents he's managed to reverse their finishing move into the Blade Runner. And it's really crisp, really, really smooth. And that's what he did today. Pin Tanahashi, clean as a whistle, dominated it, crowd shell-shocked. And like I said, I I think comparing it snowflakes-wise, in retrospect, I'm bumping up my star rating of the Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom to four and a half. And I think this one does come below it. I think... Four and a quarter, I think that's a fair rating, but still very, very, very good match. And interestingly, this puts Jay White, I believe, as the last IWGP heavyweight champion of the Heisei era in Japan, which is something they built up. Oh, well, unless he loses it at Don Taku or something. I believe that happens at the same time. But um, there's a good chance that happens. And that's quite a shock considering how much that has been built up and Tanahashi being everyone's favourite and the hero of the company has now just have it snatched away from him after not even one defense. And like we, I've had in the build up to this match, all of these row two shows, we've had the audience basically being prepped for this moment where Tana, uh, Jay White has been physically taking the belt and holding up and you're getting to see Jay White holding that title belt. So it doesn't come like a big shock with shock with people going like, Oh, what, what are they doing putting the belt on him? You've been sort of gradually conditioned to it to see that and have it normalized. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, at every opportunity, he's held that title in post-match interviews. He's held it in the ring. He's held, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there is a there is a little bit of an element to get people used to having him holding the black strap. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, w- I went a smidge over four. And, uh, I, again, I thought it was a, a very good match. You're right. There wasn't any. We like to throw around the term in peril. I never really thought Jay White was in peril. Again, there was that one moment with the reversals, and um, I'll tell you what—that one high five flow, uh, the the one that he connected on to the back, <laughs> right? That look, that did look brutal. Um, the the finish, yeah, it didn't really look like it. It was pulled off as clean as could possibly be, but again. I don't think that hurt the quality of the match. Um, I, th- I, th- I thought it was solid. I thought it was good. I don't think it was one of the best IWGP heavyweight title matches I've ever seen. But um, I thought that, t- you know, we talk a lot about telling the story and and, and dramatic pro wrestling. And I think that absolutely was. Um, and I think it's a historic moment. Again, not everybody can win that title. Not everyone can 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 hold that strap. And the fact that they see so much of potential and they see so much business in Jay White is is an amazing thing considering just about everybody listening to this podcast has at least had a taste of young lion Jay White. I mean it wasn't long, that long ago that that guy was doing, you know, pinning David Finley every night. Now he's holding the biggest belt in the company. So um hats off to Jay White. He's he is your guy. He is the guy. 
and let's see what he does in 2019 because this is an important year. This is a pivotal year. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and they're putting their chips on Jay White, which, um, again, I think the jury is still out whether it's that's the move that they want to make. Not if not they want to make, but if that's a smart move, whether that's our listeners saying that, whether that's Reddit saying that, whether that's whatever. I think the proof in the pudding is going to be, okay, how, what, what are – I think people are really going to be honing in on what are the numbers of gates and attendance and other metrics, other monetary metrics now that Jay White is your champion. How does he move the needle is really going to be the, the talking point moving forward with Jay White. Who do you think his next challenger is likely to be? If we're looking forward and assuming that the New Japan Cup winner will go on to challenge him at Madison Square Garden, who's your money on? <sighs> Okada. Um, I think that would be... You think they go back to it that soon? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't think Ibushi, to be honest. I don't think Ibushi wins that. I think, I think, you, you, I think you go Tanahashi Ibushi and you go Okada Jay White. Now, they might just flip-flop that and go the complete opposite way. But, um, yeah, I think, I think getting that win over Fale was, was important. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think there's something there and still unanswered, to be honest with you, with Okada and Jay White. I think Okada um, is looking to get a win back. I think Okada is um, looking for some type of redemption with, with, with that whole situation and, and the turn. I don't know if necessarily he gets it in, at Madison Square Garden, but I think I think a New Japan Cup is a good first step. And if you look at that New Japan Cup potential lineup, there's a lot of big names that are in that could potentially be in that New Japan Cup. That's going to be a fucking hell of a tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Ibushi. I'm leaning towards Ibushi because I think Ibushi against Jay White could be a terrific match and a fresh match that I think could really maybe provide Jay White with that kind of thrilling, dangerous match that you think he's been lacking so far. So I think that would be a good option. But Okada would also be brilliant. I'd be really into seeing that match again. So, yeah, I'm tremendously excited for the New Japan Cup. I'm expecting we'll get some announcements for who's going to be entering that soon. So let's look at some of the Jay White questions we've received. Let's do the Jay White segment. Uh, Marky Versace says... Do you see Jay White having a reign similar to Naito where he drops it very quickly just for a quick rub and elevation, or is he holding on to the big gold belt for a while? I, I, I really think that they're they're in. This is his year. I said before that I don't see him dropping that title until at least dome season. Um, they've made an investment in him. I think that it's uh, a – look, we're going to find out if it's a smart decision, right? We're going to find out if it's a smart investment. And and again, it's those. So if he if he moves the needle, it's a smart move. Um, there are lots of people that that are are doubting that it is, but there are lots of people that are on the bandwagon. So that's really going to be be the metric in which Jay White is measured. Um, but right now, yeah, I don't think he's losing that title until Dome season. It's interesting that so far they've kept him away from Tetsuya Naito. It would be quite a cool story, I think, to have Jay White running through everyone. You know, he's gone through Omega, he's gone through Okada, he's gone through Tanahashi. And like you say, if they keep him 
dominant as a champion, but finally having Naito as the person that he can't beat, I think that would be a pretty interesting way to go. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're onto something there, right? I think having I think that makes the most sense um, if you're looking at potential challengers and potential people to take that title. But um, no, I think we're in for a long reign. A, a long reign, as in, I think dome season is when you you start talking about him losing that title. And the mind game's an interesting thought as well, because as I mentioned before, Jay White is a guy who likes to out his opponent and get in their head and do the psychological warfare. And he's succeeded so far with your Okadas and your Tanahashis. But it would be interesting to hear the back and forth and the promos between a guy like Naito, who I think, you know, kayfabe wise might be able to get the upper hand on a hot-headed character like Jay White. But uh, I'm interested to see how that pans out. A question from Dan, he says, is there reason to believe that the office knew from when they brought back Jay White from excursion in 2017 that Kenny Omega wouldn't or likely wasn't going to be renewing in January this year based on how they strapped a rocket to Jay since he came back? Um, I think that they, I think New Japan does a good job of strapping that rocket to people who come back, right? And if you look at, you know, the past excursions and the people who have come back, Hiromu, Evil, um, are, are, are really two examples that just pop right out off the page of people who were brought back and, and were given significant spots within the company. I don't think they knew what Kenny Omega was doing back then. I don't think Kenny Omega knew what he was doing back then. Um, so, no, I just think that they did the right thing and actually put effort into creating new stars and you know just continued on that path as developments unfurled with uh, you know Kenny Omega and all elite and contracts and all that, so I think it was again when you set yourself up with 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 a nice support system underneath and you make stars, it's not that difficult to heat somebody up a little bit, put them back on the griddle, make them make them a star and make them make them a viable contender for a heavyweight championship. Not that hard. And and let's be truthful here. That that spot, I, I'm not gonna say could have gone to anybody, but if they if they wanted to, you know, that could and again, not that they would have, but I'm just saying the the position that they put people in, that could easily be a bougie, or that could easily be Zach, or that could easily be, you know, whomever. Uh, you know, whoever they put their mind to to be that person, they do the right thing by having them beat big names. In in matches that mean stuff, um, and in programs that mean stuff, it's 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 really not that hard. I think a lot of people make it more difficult than it really fucking should be, but they they do it right and logically, and uh, I think that's what helps make the the product so much more enjoyable than than a lot of other promotions. Yeah, so it's not as though they knew it was going to happen. They knew that Kenny Omega was going to leave, but they were ready for it when it did happen. And it's like you said, I think New Japan are one of the best companies out there in having those guys good to go. So if things shake up and people move on, that they're ready to press the switch and it doesn't feel like they're, they're pulling it out of their ass because you've got a year's worth of incredible build-up for Jay White and he looks like a, a credible champion. Um, question from Casey. Jay White's graduation from the dojo and initial run is the most successful graduation since blank. You'd have to say Okada, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, Kata would be would be the name that first comes to mind. Um, other than that, 
Uh, I mean, nobody before, right? I mean, I don't want to say, you know, Tanahashi, <laughs> but I mean, look at this point, the, the measuring stick and 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 the 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 bar is set at IWGP Heavyweight Champion. You know, I mean, let's think about this. Let's pause and let's reflect on this for a second. Jay White is your IWGP Heavyweight Champion, right? And how many other people can you put that tag on? Not many. Not many. So, yeah, that's that's the bar. So, yeah, Okada and Tanahata. I mean, look. Look at the name. I think what's even more significant is look at the names of the people who aren't and never were IWGP Heavyweight Champion. That's a, that's a lot of names. A lot of big names. So... I mean that this is this is a significant moment in this company's history. So again, that's it's those metrics. Let's see let's see how he moves the needle. And uh that'll help determine the success or lack of success of this reign. Luis asking the important question says, What celebratory crisps will you eat when Jay White wins the title? Uh Luis, I have a bag of ham on ruffles from Spain. Brought all the way from Spain, good to go. So as soon as we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to pop those open and celebrate. Um, Damon, any celebratory snacks for you for uh, the Switchblade no. era? Uh, the Switchblade era is celebrated with a Monster Energy Zero Ultra, um, one of my personal favorite drinks. Uh, and I think I have some leftover chicken curry. So uh, I think that's what we'll go with. Tell the people what time you got up, your your commitment to this show and getting our hot takes out before anyone else. Yeah, this, this weekend has been pretty rough. It's birthday weekend. Joel. Uh, so I and a very happy birthday to you, my friend. Ah, thank you very much. It was a wonderful weekend. Uh, we had lots of fun, but not a lot of sleep. Um, so I woke up uh, today at a quarter of four a.m. But there's a lot of other people who do the same thing, right? Um, got up, dragged my ass out of bed, and then the minute I hit stop here, it's uh, work, and then it's I got to do flyers tonight. Oh, fuck. Um, so another another late night. For me, I will uh, I'll catch up on sleep someday, <laughs> but not this weekend. It was very busy. Forrest says, "How does it feel having lungs bursting at the seams with switchblade?" Now, this catchphrase, "Breathe with a switchblade." My understanding of that is getting your throat cut with a switchblade. Is that the way you saw it as well? No, um, I I think it's I, I took it as you know, take me in, suck me in, hot. Sorry. Um, Sorry to give everybody a boner in the car. <laughs> um, you know, like the like take me in is 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 how I took it, not cut my throat and then choke for breath. Is that what you're taking it as? No, I, I thought it was a threat. You're gonna breathe with a switchblade, I'm gonna cut your throat. Oh. Because his whole imagery is, you know, how he runs his blade like hand across his opponent's throat before he hits the blade runner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Slashing your windpipe. Right. We need some clarification from the office, please. <laughs> is Jay trying to commit a homicide, or is he just trying to uh, have everyone take him in? Come and smell me. I smell great. <laughs> yeah, you do smell nice. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You do smell nice. What do you What, what do you wear? What do you what, what is your What is your go to? What are you? It's not a cologne. No, I meant Jay White saying, "Come and smell me." I, oh. I wasn't just randomly inviting you to smell me. <laughs> well, you do smell nice. I thought it was like, "Come, come and breathe with a switchblade." <laughs> come and breathe. Come and have a whiff of that. Come and breathe in an Abraham. 
that's, that's what I'm talking about. A little not nice. All right. Uh, maybe he does. You know, you know, I bet you Jay White does smell nice. I bet he, he looks like a guy that would smell nice. Not going to lie. He yeah, he's like got the, the hair highlights. He's, yeah. yeah a hunky yeah. package. All right. Uh, let's move backwards through this card then. The seventh match was a special singles match. Kazuchika Okada defeating Bad Luck Farley in 18 minutes with the Rainmaker. So a bit of redemption for Okada and Bad Luck Farley wearing like a, a Dudley costume. And I said on Twitter, he's one eye patch and a Gatling gun away from looking exactly like uh, an enemy from Resident Evil 4 called JJ, which no one's going to understand that reference, but fuck it, it's my podcast, I can do what I want. Um, It was interesting that he didn't use his underboss theme tune here, because I guess he's not the underboss anymore. Um, There were some cool moments here, I like when Okada was posing on the announcer's table and Milano was taking photos of him on his phone. Um, Farley, it doesn't look like he's in the best shape, I've got to admit. All that weight that he's lost he looks like he's part it back on but that said in spite of that i thought this match was decent it exceeded my admittedly low expectations i thought okada was terrific here i mean maybe this is a bit unfair but it reminded me of the ibushi versus yoshihiko the blood doll matches <laughs> like he may as well have been wrestling himself in there okada's strength just remarkable the way he managed to get up farley for the reverse neck breaker but yeah, decent match. I, I thought it was a carry job, but Farley did his part. It was as good as any other bad luck Farley match I've seen. Um, at the end, I thought when we had Yoshihashi in there celebrating that for the second time, I might add, I thought that he might turn on Okada, but he didn't. And it was just a, a big win for Okada. What did you think? Yeah, I, I liked the match a lot, actually. Um, I thought Farley worked hard. You know, he was sweating his balls off and, you know, he look, looks like he lost like the least... 17 pounds of, of water weight, at least, in this match. Um, he works hard. Here's the thing with Folly. Physically, he's limited, right? We know this. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he is what he is when it comes to that big man style, which I loathe. Because here's the thing. It, it, it limits you. It does limit you. But he went out of his way to, to, to work as hard as he physically possibly could. Look. Any t- he didn't have to take that that suplex bump, right? I mean, right? He didn't have to take that. He took it. He took it. Yeah, like no, it- you're right. I think I've been unfair. I'm, I'm going to retract that. Finally right. did well here. I thought he did too. Um, I mean, look, you're in the ring with Okada, who uh, to me just is is a master, and he he works to Fale's strengths. Um I think you are. I'm so glad that it was finished emphatically with with Rainmakers because you're right. It is starting to get a little bit tiresome of Rainmakers being countered. Like it's just kind of like, man, this is becoming what was once one of the, the greatest moves in pro wrestling and, and a and a definitive. You know, he's going to hit it, and when he does, it's over. Has become the new reversal spot and it's like okay all right you know he's never going to hit this fucking thing again but finally finishes him off with two solid rainmakers and that was that uh the suplex suplex spot i thought was really good uh and again i think Fale worked really hard and um once again one of Fale's better matches they just work well together i really do i really think they 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 have a nice chemistry as strange as that sounds with you know, anytime you're talking about a folly match, you know, you know and again, in a, in a singles match, um, you don't get them all the time with 
with Fale, even though you, you saw one with Hanari. I think you're you're looking at two different two different animals there with Okada and, and Hanari. So good job by both. I liked it a lot. Um, I don't know. Did I go four on this? <sighs> Am I on my mind to think that this is a four star match? I mean, I thought I thought the main event was a little bit over four, and I still stayed stick to that. But they're neck and neck. I'll tell you what. That might be my favorite match that I saw. I really liked it a lot. I thought it was good. And and a definitive win for Okada. He needed it against a big guy, a, bi- a big monster. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, it might be my favorite match of the night. Huh. I don't know if I would go that high. I think three and a half, three and three quarters. And I think that is, like I said, exceeding expectations. I was never bored during it. I'll give it that much. And I didn't think I'd be able to say that. Uh, question from CD who says, "Is Okada the best seller in the business? His selling of that backdrop was next level." Yeah, that again. There's, you know, what that backdrop. I didn't even mention that. I mean, that, that was that was pretty fucking high. Uh, he's up there. I, I really do think so. I just think he's just a complete total package. Uh, you know, with with Tanahashi being as physically banged up as he is, and but still great. And Abushi being absolutely dynamic, and even Okada in that in that in that world, man, there's just something about fucking Okada that just like he's just to me the absolute complete package. And 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 I have I have different points in my life where different people kind of take that first spot, you know that. Even Zach in, in recent times, you know, that you're just mesmerized by his mat. But I really, really, truly think that Okada is just, just so fucking good. And I wouldn't say head and shoulders above the rest, but like it feels like he just does everything well. And again, I don't speak Japanese, but it just feels like he's got a connection and a charisma and a and a and a polish and a and a wrestling. Uh, mastery that I just think is just so much better than everyone else. He's just so fucking good. A treat. Yeah, he may be one of the best wrestlers of all time. And I think maybe having him being so dominant during his title run from mid-2016 onwards, perhaps people were taking him for granted slightly because he was always put in such prominent roles. But I think now that he's lost the belt and has taken a step back, but it's still amazing and everyone still loves him, you start to appreciate what a very special wrestler he is. And personally, I mean, there's loads of people I want to see win the IWGP heavyweight title, but I can't wait for him to win that back. And I think the crowds are going to be into that as well. Just judging by the way people were responding to him at Tokyo Dome, they love this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, Tanahashi has that nostalgia kick. Um, have has that get one more in you, Tana. You know, that's that to me kind of feels like the appeal of Tanahashi right now. The the legend. That's not Okada. Okada's like the guy in his prime that his ha- that is finally in his life facing adversity and is facing um, a struggle and a hiccup and a hill in the road and let's let's see you have some guts and let's see you have some inner strength to get over this that's the Tana, excuse me that's the okada story for me right now is you know you know you kind of had it not necessarily easy 
but you you had a pretty straight highway to success. Here's, here's a bump in the road. You had you had your best guy. You had your you had your mentor turn his back on you. You got a twenty something year old guy who's who's a, got the rocket ship strapped to him, and has has really made your life miserable. Right? You you got to you, you got to overcome this hill and this obstacle. And that's that's just going to add another layer to Okada that maybe he didn't have before, right? He didn't have that before, and this just makes him a little bit more, a little bit more depth because sometimes heartache and struggle and and being hurt and being down makes you a lot more interesting, makes you a lot more relatable, maybe, and make and 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 it. And it makes it a little bit easier for you to have a connection with the crowd, right? Instead of always being great. Being down sometimes helps you make that connection. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's move on to the match that came before this, which was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, where the champion Taiji Ishimori defeated the challenger Ryusuke Taguchi in 60 minutes with the bloody cross, with Taiji Ishimori making his first successful defense. One thing that did irritate me slightly was the pre-match packages. And it's something that's been bothering me for a while where I think it looks really entertaining and informative, but it's all in Japanese. So I think it's about time to get these pre-match video packages subtitled in English. So if anyone out there is listening, I think they need to do that. Do you you agree or am I being fussy? No, I don't. Um... I, th- I think that's important because yeah, there was some, there was a lot going on, and I know that they do. And again, the recent additions to people who speak both English and Japanese on uh, when you know somebody grabs a microphone and helping us along with that is is great, and we definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't know I, it, something that that is pre-produced. It, it might be a, a a solid idea to get some type of subtitles there because yeah there was something going on there with the with the with the with the mock press conference with uh, Taguchi um that I think people would would enjoy hearing um and and not under quite getting the entire story um I mean you know Taguchi coming into the ring um kind of mocking um Ishimori um with with a, with with the with the green jumpsuit right the the green overalls kind of making fun of a past gimmick is that the, the what i understand if i'm if, if i'm recollecting correctly um yes fortunately we've got a lot of very informed people on our discord server so liam reliably informs me that the pre-match video stuff was a reference to the japanese government naming the new era um which is after the emperor steps down in may and taguchi was quoting Hiromi's catchphrase and the outfit thing and him mocking ishimori is a reference to Los Sailor Boys, which was a stable in Torimon, Mexico, and Torimon X. And they were pushed as a boy band with Torimon X ace Taiji Ishimori as the lead singer, uh, leader of the stable, with the Sato brothers, K and Shu. Okay. Well, f- number one, first of all, if you're not in our Discord ch- ch- uh, chat, you need to get in there because you're going to get nuggets like that from our great listeners. To help you along. Yeah. Watching live, it, it really enhances my viewing experience because I get the little messages popping up in the corner, which makes me appreciate these little things all the more. Yeah, that's good stuff by, by uh, our Discord uh, uh, 
team, we'll call it. I don't know. Um, but good job by them. Now, uh, how many people do you think in uh, Osaka watching live picked up on that reference? Because I'll be truthful. I've been watching pro wrestling for many, many years. I, that completely went over my fucking head. Right? Um, well, how many maybe, but okay. Ishimori okay. busting out those dance moves, the crowd loved that. I loved That's it. I didn't too. really I, I did know what was going on, but it was hilarious. Right, right. Completely taken out of context. Yes, that was absolutely hilarious. I will, I, I'll give you that. Uh, match, I thought was good. I, and again, we say it a trillion times, but getting the tap on the shoulder and, and asking to produce a great match, um, you know, once a year, twice a year, that's what Taguchi's role is right now. And, and I think he came, I think he came up big. I thought I thought he did really well. Um, I, you know, when you're, it's that's got to be incredibly difficult too, if you think about it. I mean, Taguchi works six man tags the entire calendar year. When was the last singles match Taguchi was in? been a while probably probably best of the super juniors you're looking at right so now now you're asking them to go what 16 minutes against a guy who is built like a brick shithouse you know who obviously is not going to have much cardio issue uh that's pretty commendable you know to be able to just you know on a dime produce something that's that's i thought was 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 good um i didn't go four i was probably three and three quarters three three high threes but I think for a Taguchi match in this day and age, that's pretty fucking commendable. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm about the same, three and three quarters. And the crowd are really into serious Gooch. When he actually starts wrestling properly, they're into it and I'm into it. Yeah. And there was an exciting closing stretch here. There was a big pop from the crowd for the Dodon kick out. And then following the match, we got a challenge from Jushin Thunder Liger, mm. which looks like it's going to be happening at the anniversary show. So... What do you think about that? Um, I, I, these, if a couple thoughts. I mean, Liger obviously is, is one of my all-time favorites. So to see him in a, in a in a singles match against Ishimori, you know, this is his time. This is his tap on the shoulder to to deliver, and he has every year. We talk about it how he he finds a way to do it. You know, one more time. Um, it it is. It does feel to me that these are are matches to help Ishimori just collect wins, right? I don't think anybody expects a title change here. How great would it be if it was? But I don't think anybody expects it. And it's a nice way for Ishimori to, to collect wins against, um, I think it's fair to say, wrestlers that are past their prime. Um, I don't know if that, necessarily means that we're waiting for the bigger matches for for uh um you know an IWGP junior heavyweight championship match. Uh maybe we're waiting down the the line a little bit to to get some of those more meatier challengers. Uh but again, I think this what this is is a, a way for him to collect wins. For Liger to have, uh, you know, to get another singles match under his belt, have a good match. Um, excited? <sighs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's more of a personal bias, but I mean, I'm not doing cartwheels, but yeah, I, I, I'm okay with this. This is fine for me. Yeah, likewise. I think this anniversary show, usually you have these fun little showcase matches and 
given that we are pretty much around the time of Yushin Liger's 30th anniversary, I think it's appropriate and it should be a fun match and one that I'm looking forward to. All right, let's move on to a question about Taguchi. Xavier says, what would a night out with Taguchi be like? And he's used some pictures with reference where Taguchi says he's been wearing out his nipples on trips to the red light district. Yeah. Mm. What, what, what exactly would it be wearing out? What, what are you doing to wear out your nipple? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like the logistics. Nipple of, clamps? I don't mm, know. Good point. Good point. Yeah, you might be clamping it. Yeah. Might be clamping it down. Not into the nipple clamping. Got to be honest with you. That does that. That doesn't. That. Uh, uh. Um. Could be his new finishing move. Ouch. New submission maneuver. Get rid of the oh mind garankle and introduce the nipple clamp. The titty twister. The titty twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back in the day. There um, we go. There's your super J cast. The yeah. old super J cast is back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> it did take us long. Uh, probably be a crazy night. Taguchi seems like he's the kind of guy that likes to get into a lot of nonsense. A lot of nonsense. Uh, nothing, uh, harmless nonsense. Harmless nonsense. But he looks like a guy who likes to have a little bit of fun. So uh, uh, titty twisters all around. Uh, I'd be in for that. That'd be fun. All right. The fifth match then was Gorillas of Destiny, Tangela and Tamatonga defeating the most violent players, Toriyano and Togi Makabe in nine minutes after Tamatonga pinned Toriyano following a gun stun. So... The story here is Tamatonga is now no longer the good guy. He's now the bad guy. So it's like bad guy Tamatonga against Chiti Yano. This match was, was fine. It was okay. I wasn't that interested in it. Wrong. Possibly yeah, of... heating up um, G.O.D. for the next tag title yeah. shot, perhaps. Yeah, great. <laughs> Woohoo! So we get uh, to see Evil and Sonata against G.O.D. again. Hooray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't be surprised if that's Madison Square Garden. I would not be surprised. Um, I mean, listen, they got a they got a big block party. They, they got to hype up, right? Let me ask you this: We're going to be in New York, in Tokyo. We had a couple pops in us. We had a couple uh, couple beers, a couple drinks. So uh, you know, we probably weren't of sound mind. Are we going to this folly block party in New York? Do you think? Let me ask you this. Here's a better question. Do you think we wind up there at any point during uh, the night? Uh, yes or no? I sincerely hope not. Me too. <laughs> I've learned my lesson after last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. We had a fun time, but, it, but yeah, I mean. Um, it's funny sorry I, I'm just going to jump in and you know Facebook they had this gimmick recently which is uh, I can't remember what it was like your f- friend's anniversary or something I'm going to try and find exactly what it was you know where they make these little automated videos for you so you could look back on all your memories um, yeah 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 and, yeah friend's day it was friend's day so I clicked on this friend's day video and the very first photo it shows me is Mally with bad luck Farley <laughs> which seems appropriate somehow <laughs> does <laughs> how fitting uh yeah how they do like the memories or yeah 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 um I, you did send me that picture too that was that's that's both both disturbing and hilarious at the same time uh look tag once again it's it's just it's amazing how we sit here and praise how it's very easy for them to, to heat up and warm up individuals it's amazing how quickly they just the tag situation just goes back to to its usual shit. Um, you know, Kevin Kelly's talking about how Makabe and 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 Toriyano were relevant in two thousand and seven. It's two thousand and nineteen. 
Christ almighty. Uh, yeah, they did their brawling. They did their, uh, and, and again, Tamatanga whacking, whacking photographers with a kendo stick and cameramen getting tossed from, uh, from the ramp. And my God, I'm sure Harold May was, uh, it was, his head was exploding backstage. <laughs> what the fuck's going on back here? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yep, that's it. That, uh, the good guy was a nice run. Good guy was a nice run, but uh, now we're I think we're back to uh, bad boy Tomatonga. So, uh, look, what are you going to do? They're in the mix. They're in the mix. We'll we'll see what happens, but I don't think anybody's too excited about this. Yeah, it feels stale. I think one of the biggest losses actually with this all elite wrestling situation is losing the Young Bucks and the Golden Lovers from the tag division. Now I know they didn't have the Golden Lovers exactly going for a heavyweight tag title run, but both of those teams put on the best tag team matches in New Japan last year, or some of the best tag team matches, and I think they're going to be sorely missed from that division. Yeah, I agree. Um, at the, you know, for all you know, everybody's you know indifference to some of the outside the ring stuff and the way the direction of the feud and with Bullet Club and all that, you can't dismiss the fact that you, you put Kenny Omega and Kota Obushi on a tag team. I don't give a fuck who they're in the ring with. It's going to be a good match. Um, and, and, and and here's the thing. I don't think it was just a popularity contest with people just fawning over Kenny and, and Kota. I think there was, you know, the, the output of matches that they produced was tremendous. And especially in, in New Japan, you know, and on New Japan branded shows, they delivered. Um yeah, it does leave the tag situation a little bit weak. Um, I feel like if, they, if they're going to bring in people and people are going to uh, get re, you know either renewed pushes or you know new people are brought in with you know a, a fresh push, I'm hoping I'm hoping we we do something with this tag situation again. I really thought the solution to this was Suzuki and Zach. I really did. I thought that that was a fucking no brainer, and they could. Feud with Sonata and Evil forever. Well, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but it just feels like that's dead in the water right now. So they had it, they lost it. We're going back to the uh, God, and it feels like it's. It really feels like we're we're we. You could replace God with Gallows and Anderson, and 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 we're right back where we were four years ago. Yeah, and. Um- Losing the Golden Lovers, just to build on what you said earlier, they were so useful for having main events for those B-level shows where you're not going to have a big IWGP heavyweight title defense or an IC title defense, but you're starting the Golden Lovers against the Young Bucks or against uh, Okada and Ishii, and they're going to put on an absolute banger, or Tanahashi and Osprey. So, yeah, it's a shame that they're gone. So let's move back then. Prior to this match, we had... Kota Ibushi coming out and I was terrified Damon because the look on his face I thought he was either going to quit or retire but fortunately it was neither and I'm very very happy that he announced that he's staying we've got a little bit of an exclusive here so we can reveal sources telling us that Kota Ibushi has signed a two-year deal so what do you think the implications are for that Damon I think it's a wonderful thing I think that's a that is a that is a, a, a sign of commitment from both parties, right? Um, to me, aside from speaking English, 
Kota Ibushi really brings so much value that it doesn't make Kenny Omega's departure that hurtful, right? It really doesn't. Anything in ring Kenny Omega can do, I really feel like Kota Ibushi can accomplish. Uh, And again, I I think he has charisma and he has style and he has uh, flash and he has he has he has it all. Except English. Um, and I don't think that's I don't think that's that big of a deal. To, uh, I'm going to be truthful. Uh, I like the fact that New Japan reached out and, 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 and delivered a commitment to not only Kota Obushi, but to New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, right? That's a big thing. Because trust us, everyone, everyone with the with the news really kind of figured that. Kota Ibushi might be gone too, uh, and again, his track record of being a little bit flighty and 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 not being one for commitment—that's uh, good news. So yeah, two-year deal—that's that's that's kind of what we want in this day and age, in this climate that we have right now. You need to lock down people. I know there's this idea of we want to wrestle everyone, and we want every. Okay, that's hard to do. That you, and, and and honestly, that's a real risky thing to do. You got to lock people down the contracts, um, and and that's not to say that even in in the writing in, in Coda's contract that he can't work for other people, right? I'm sh- I'm almost. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I can speculate just based off of the past that you know he'll be working for other people as well. But his commitments, uh, it does seem like. And his priority, most importantly, is with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that is a good thing for the company and the fans of the company. And now he's announced that he's entering the New Japan Cup, which I think automatically makes him one of the favorites. And I'm just delighted he's staying because there are a lot of interesting matches we can look forward to. We haven't seen Okada against Ibushi for a long time. There was a match which looked a lot like Okada against Ibushi in 2017 when Okada wrestled Tiger Mask double. But uh, we've seen nothing of that ilk since then. And I also feel that Ibushi was living under Kenny Omega's shadow somewhat. And I would like him to now be his own man rather than just Kenny's golden lover. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance of them putting the belt on him? Um, of any guy who hasn't worn that title, I think he... He is top of the list. I think, you know, aside from Naito, who has held it, I really think that he is right there, right up against it, um, between those two guys, in in my mind, right? I, I, I truly believe that Kota Obushi is IWGP heavyweight champion material. Um, you could put any title on him, and it would fit. Let, let's put it. Let's put it that way. You could put any title on him, and it would fit. But and I really think that anything less than intercontinental, let's let's not even bother. Right? Uh, he he to me is he he is an anchor of your promotion. Kota Ibushi is an anchor of New Japan Pro Wrestling promotion right now, and he could very easily be put in a program, um, challenging. And eventually defending 
that that championship. So um, I, I think, obviously, Jay White winning the title is the biggest news. I think right against it is a two-year deal for Kota Ibushi. That's, that's significant, smart, uh, and and really important for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And and right like one A when it comes to news for pro wrestling, uh, with Kenny Omega and 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 all that all elite stuff that we'll talk about in a second. This and it might slide a little bit under the radar, you is Jay White, Kota Obushi. They're they're right up there with the news of of of, of pro wrestling this month. Let's move on to the fourth match, which was Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi defeating the team of Tomaki Honma and Yoshihashi in nine minutes, with Chase Owens, of all people, getting the pinfall over Honma after a package pile driver. I did wince somewhat seeing Honma go up for that package pile driver. This was just like seeing the leftover toys that nobody wants to play with. Yoshihashi has been a bit underwhelming since his return. You know, I thought they would have done more with him because there seemed to be a lot of excitement about him coming back, but he's just... sliding right back into his old spot and yeah like I said it was interesting that of all those four wrestlers it was Chase Owens who is not as established as the other three that was chosen to get the pinfall here so I don't know if they're trying to heat up Owens and Yujiro as a tag team Um, (laughs) I suppose that speaks volumes about the state that the tag division's in in at the moment Um, I don't know how much you saw of this match Uh, aside from that Anwar asks is it somewhat depressing to watch Honma wrestle now my answer to that is a resounding yes yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, 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 this was the, this is where I hopped in to the show. So I did catch this match. I did see the package pile. Um, and I do think it's significant that Chase is getting all these pinfalls, right? Um, you look at the people that are in that match. You know, Holman's not going to get a push. but And, and you know, he does have a, that still have that reputation of being, you know, the lovable loser where it's tougher for him to get pinfall wins even though he's held tag belts and such. Uh, and Chase getting the pin is significant um, and important. He'll have a he'll have a middle. I don't want to say a, I don't want to say a middle an upper middle of the card. Like he's not. I I don't see him as the new Hangman Page. Let's put it that way. Uh, but I don't think it's any 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 surprise. He's the one that's picking up these wins. Uh, what's the ceiling on Chase? Do you see him? Seems like a useful guy for these Western yeah. the, these shows in the States. Right. Right. Put him in a fun little singles match. I think people would be into that. I'd be into that. I like Chase Owens. Me too. You put Ceiling, gold on though. Yeah, you put gold on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, right. No. Right. Don't think so. Yeah. I think uh, I I think his level is never six man titles. Yeah. Maybe a tag you give him a tag belt? Do you give do you give him the gold? Heavyweight tag yeah, with Yujiro? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 they're not at that level. Okay, G- give me like Yujiro Chase and someone else as a six-man champion team. I'll okay. be into that. All right, so Joel well, saying, fuck, give it to every other fucker in the company. <laughs> right. Mid card, he's mid card. Yeah, ceiling mid card. Okay, so he's B level yep. Bullet Club. I don't think he's ever getting into the G one. Let's put it that way. Okay, that was my next question. So he's so he's B level, B level Bullet Club. He, he might not even be B level. He, he's C, C, He's still C level. He's he's building to B, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So ceiling B level. Let me ask you this. If he gets any any interest from any other company, I don't give a fuck who, do you think he leaves? That's a good chance. I think with Chase, I don't think any of the big companies are going to be giving him a, a big main event push. Let's put it that way. I just, I would guess for him, it would come down to how many numbers he's being offered, wouldn't it? It would. You think Ring of Honor? You think he would do well in Ring of Honor? I think so. I think that could be a good spot for him. I mean, they're bringing in a lot of guys who have been underutilized in other companies, you know, like a, a David Finley coming in. So I would say he's on that level, maybe slightly below a David Finley. I think a Finley's got more upside than Chase Owens does, but they're at the similar kind of level right now, I'd say. Okay. How about NXT? Do you think he's a Vince guy? You think Vince is looking at him? Think think Vince is looking at Chase Owens? Is is he a Vince McMahon kind of guy? No, I think the Vince signings are only signings that he thinks will hurt another promotion. And I really like Chase Owens, but I don't know if he's important enough to anyone for Vince or Triple H or whoever to want to take him away from them. Because okay. WWE NXT signings are usually destructive like that. Yeah. They're calculated. They're, they're designed to damage companies rather than them having a person that they see potential in. AEW? Yeah, I could see it. But... Um, I could see that. I don't know. He just signed a new deal, though, with New Japan, didn't he? He did, yeah. So he did. you would have thought that he would have had an offer from AEW. So either they didn't think he was worth it and didn't offer him anything, or they did, and he said no and stayed with New Japan. And if that's the case, then respect. Yeah. that And that, to me, tells me... And again, him picking up the wins, him signing a new deal... I mean, that to me sounds like New Japan, at the very least, is is showing some commitment to him, right? And whether that means push, whether that means, you know, titles, whether that means significantly more money, who knows? It seems like it, though. It seems like it. He's, they got a little work, though. They still got a little work because even the general perception right now is at your level. I mean, we're talking about not not giving them gold. Never six man, middle of the card. So, you know, he needs to pick up some bigger wins, and I think 2019 he will. What about New Japan Cup? Could he be put in amongst those 16? All right. Well, you, you, you got to commit then. Then you got to you got to you got to put him in. You know what I mean? Like like you you gave him a deal. You you're having him pick up these wins in these tag matches. You know, here's my fear. And I don't even think they're going to go as as far as 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 this person, but you know he winds up being Tai Chi, right? Where there's a you know a little bit of movement, and then you know that's that. Um, that's that's where I see him. I see him as like a Tai Chi, you know. Like, can you see him headlining a show? Can you see an angle with Chase Owens? And I like Chase Owens. This is not kick Chase Owens show. I we I, I, we both like him. We both want good things for him. I think him. we've spent more long we spent more time talking about Chase Owens than anyone has ever done on any wrestling podcast ever. Thank you. Um put him in the New Japan Cup. Put him in the New Japan Cup and 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 give him at least a win. He's got to get at least a win. Or he's just got, you know, or we're spinning our wheels. Give him a win. I don't know against who. Give him a win. Um and let's do something with Chase. Let's do something with Chase. 
I mean, let's look at some people who were in New Japan Cup last year and you tell me whether you think Chase deserves to be in there above this person. All right. So, Yujiro. Yes. Yoshihashi. Yes. Lance Archer. deserves to be in over. Well, here's the problem with Lance Archer. Lance Archer really hasn't, I mean, he's here and there. I don't think Chase is, is there more than, he, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's putting his time. So if you're booking the New Japan Cup, you have the final say, which 16 guys are going in. you got 15 already, and it's either Chase Owens or Lance Archer. Who's going in? Chase. I'll put Chase. What about Chase or... Davey Boy Smith Jr. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. I am only, and again, I'm doing that because I feel like, and I, and I hate this idea that people get had, are owed anything because you're not owed shit. But, but he's, he's there. Chase is there. And for whatever reason, whether New Japan wants to bring in Lance and Davey Boy, you know, they're not. You know, they're, 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 they're hit and miss. They're here and there. Chase feels like he's there more often than not. Uh, I'm, th- I'm throwing him a bone and putting him in, in over Lance and Davey Boy. I'm not saying either any of the three are better than any of, you know, wrestling-wise, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just using that as if you're going to do Chase this year, put him in the fucking New Japan Cup over over Lance and Davey Boy. Yes. This one's a hypothetical because the person I'm about to mention has left the company, but they were in the New Japan Cup last year. And just Im- imagine this person had signed with New Japan just on strictly wrestling and charisma, whatever, all those other factors, Chase Owens or Chucky e. T. Yes. Yeah, I really do. I, I, here's the thing. I think Chase Owens is a better wrestler than Chucky e. T. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I agree, actually. Um, Chase Owens in the New Japan Cup. Book yes. it, Gado. All right. Third match was a six-man tag. Shingo Takaki, Bushi, and Tetsuya Naito defeating El Desperado. Kanemaru and Taichi in 11 minutes with Naito pinning Kanemaru after a Destino. This feud's over. I, it's like they're going through the motions, really. This is the problem when you split up these shows because you get these meaningless matches after you've had the big title matches. So it was one of those. It was just a little bit flat. But that said, Shingo still looks like a huge star. We had some strange moments with Don Callis inexplicably becoming a, a Bushi stan and talking about how much he likes him and how great his masks are. Uh, he also said that Taichi has no redeeming qualities. And that's why we love him, Don. Um, interesting at the end, there was a little bit of trash talk between Naito and Taichi. So I don't know if that means that there is possibly unfinished business between Naito and Taichi. Maybe Naito and Taichi are not finished but the main talking point was coming at the end of this match where Rapongi 3K wearing edgy black t-shirts came out and took the belts away from Shingo and Bushi and made a challenge for the junior tag team championships. And they were booed, which mm. I thought was interesting. So Rapongi 3K showing a bit of edge here. Wow. Black t-shirts is, is the difference, right? Wow. Mm. And usually they're look. so colorful and shiny. <laughs> Black t-shirts. Black t-shirts is like the wrestling staple. It really is. That's why I... I yeah, it's like either that or a beard. So like a beard is a, a good signifier that you've turned yeah. heel, but I don't know if they're well, capable of growing beards, so black I mean, it is. I mean, I, I got to do the... I, and, and it's not a full beard or anything, but it's just a little, little something down there. Because, you know, because I lose it up top. If you lose it up top, you got to go down bottom. I mean, that, that's the rule. Because if not, you look like a, a pool cue, you know? What are you going to do? Um... Pool Q? 
That's not the ball. No, cue ball. A cue ball. is a stick. <laughs> a stick. You don't look like a stick. You look like a ball. What the fuck am I talking about? All right. It's, you know, it's 7.30 in the morning. Come on. I've been up since 4. All right. And then uh, what else we got? Anything else that was uh, interesting that I slept through? Well, Ben has a question that says, how sick are we of Kevin Kelly's Destino? He did a really long one. I liked it, Ben. I'm a fan of the Destino. So we can keep that one going, Kevin, if you're listening. Uh, second match was tag team match with the tag champion Sonata and Evil beating the young line team of Ayata Yoshida and Shota Umino in 10 minutes. Sonata pinning Shota Umino after a magic killer. Most interesting thing was Don Callis and Kevin Kelly throwing shade at Sonata's beard um, and talking about the stylized capital letter names. Like I remember this actually, I think it was an episode of Music of the Map with Andrew Rich. I think John Carroll was on that one and they were talking about DDT and they ended up talking about have these Japanese wrestlers who have their names in all English capital letters and how it's not supposed to be that you're yelling it. So it's not like Kenta or Kushida. It's just a, a stylized thing. So I thought that yeah. was quite funny. We had... Um, Shota Umlo looking pretty thick. He was a skinny boy once upon a time, but now he's packing on a bit of weight. He's looking solid. Uh, we had Sonada repeatedly tagging himself out because he couldn't be bothered. A couple of good near falls with Umino, but aside from that, it just felt like a bog-standard World Tag League match, really. I guess they were trying to give the champions something to do. I would take more of this, more tune-up non-title matches for the champions, so they're not just um, you know spinning their wheels in big multi-man tag matches. But yeah, it was fine. Nothing to write home about. And the opening match was a six-man tag with Jushin Thunder Liger, Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroshi Tenzan to think the team of Takamichinoku, Takashi Izuka, and Minoru Suzuki in 12 minutes by disqualification after Takashi Izuka um, attacked Tenzan with a chair, I believe it was. And we had some noteworthy things here. One, the Suzuki-gun team coming out to Izuka's theme. So this is a team with Minoru Suzuki himself on it, but they went with Izuka's theme. I believe this was Izuka's penultimate match. So I think it's the last match before his retirement match on February 21st. So the story had been playing up that this was Tenzan's last chance to quote unquote cure Izuka so that they could team up together for that match. Tenzan was wearing his special friends t-shirt, which had a picture of him and Izuka back in happier days as friends. But Izuka tore that up. So they've been playing up their old relationship quite heavily. But... You know, I have to say, Tenzan, and to anyone else who's listening, actually, getting beaten up by Hiroshi Tenzan is not an effective or appropriate response to mental health issues. Tenzan is not a licensed practitioner. So, yeah, if you're watching that, don't try this at home. If you have, you know, look, I have people in my family who are suffering from mental health problems. I would not take them to get beaten up by Tenzan as a, a way of solving that. Uh, what also was funny, we had Don Callis running away mid-sentence after Suzuki attacked him. Um looking at Tenzan's ankle. Ugh. Yeah. Once you see that, really turns my stomach. I think we should just make it a double retirement match. There were some really good moments between Suzuki and Liger with a combined age of 104 years old. And I also enjoyed the interaction between Suzuki and Kojima. Um, Kojima was doing his little machine gun chops on Suzuki and Suzuki was just laughing like a maniac. And then we had a little swerve at the ends where Suzuki was about to hit Tenzan with a chair and then Izuka snatched the chair away from him and we thought, oh, he's going to save his friend. But no, he just took the chair and wanted to batter Tenzan himself. So Izuka is still a mentalist. Um, what do you think we are looking at for this retirement match? I, I'm telling you, I really hope that you know it turns it begins as him being 
you know, crazy guy going through the crowd, panic everywhere. And as the match goes on, it generally wears off. And he, and he and that by the end of it, he's grabbing the house mic in a heartfelt speech, you know, completely uh, rational and and uh, all his wits about him. That's how I that's that's how I hope this story. Who do you think's in the match though? It's got to be a tag, right? It can't be a singles. I mean, Tenzan's in in this match, right? I mean, Tenzan is 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 involved in this match. I can't mm-hmm. I can't see this being a singles match. Can you? They would they would not torture these poor men to to ask them to put on anything longer than ten minutes in a singles match, right? That this is this, that would be cruel and unusual punishment. Maybe like a dads versus Suzuki Goon multi man, probably six man. I was surprised yeah. to see it as a ten man actually, but uh, I think a six man would be appropriate. And then towards the end of the match, Izuka comes to his senses and turns on his dastardly Suzuki Goon teammates. Uh, yep, that that sounds perfect. And then an embrace, a a get on the mic, a heartfelt goodbye. He gets flowers. They 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 put him on his shoulders, and he's carted out of Cork and Hall as a as a as a hero, and uh, like or like his wife comes out of the crowds. Please stop! I love you. <laughs> and, and it's so romantic, and uh, it, it cures him from all his his ills. And 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 the way we go, we have uh, a heartwarming story story in 2019. I love it. Book it. Um, Teja says, any good Takashi Izuka matches from back in the day? Fuck. Oh, that really puts me on the spot. <laughs> um, they would have to be back, back, back in the day. Um, no, I'm going to be, I, I, and again, you put my, put, put, putting me on the spot at 7.42 a.m. to come up with a good Izuka match. Might be tough. I do remember he he wrestled again. I I always go back to this one memory of him. He wrestled in Philly, and I think it was against Owen Hart. Um, and 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 the and the ring broke, like the the ropes broke. For some reason, I I, I feel like it was him and Owen Hart in this match. Could be dead wrong. I'm sure somebody will correct me. Um, I'll look. You know what? Let me look through my archives. And see uh, what's out there, and and, I, and I'll come back with a, a good Izuka match. But um, yeah, I'm struggling right now to come up with like like a really good one. I'm struggling for that. Overall shorts, uh, shorts, overall shorts on the show. Uh, overall thoughts on the show. Um, I thought it's a good show, very watchable, easy watch. Even the undercards, it all was pretty enjoyable, and a couple of really exciting matches. I said the top three matches are all worth going out of your way to see. Yeah, I would agree. I think for the historical significance of the title change, uh, I think the match was was very good. Um, I think I think you need to watch that. I think Okada and Fale again. I, I really I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was a well worked uh, Fale working hard. Okada being Okada. So again, all all those equal out to at least very good. And I thought the junior uh, heavyweight title match was was really good. So last three, I think, uh, yeah, I think you should you should definitely tune in. Absolutely. Kenny's done a thing. The other big talking point from this week 
was the announcement that uh, executive vice president of All Elite Wrestling is one Kenny Omega. And Omega was speaking about this on Wrestling Observer Radio. He signed a four-year deal with AEW, but he's got the same clause as Jericho in that he is allowed to take part in New Japan Pro Wrestling matches if he wants to. So he said, I have it specifically written in my contract. I can go anytime I want and appear for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he also went on to say, I really wanted the big match with Ibushi for Madison Square Garden or Tokyo Dome. So the G1 semi-final was like, let's give them a taste of what we can do, but let's save the real story we want to tell for the big show, which I guess is a story they're going to have to put on ice, given that they are both working for separate promotions now. So the big question is, how is this departure going to affect New Japan? I ran a Twitter poll asking how Kenny Omega's departure would affect people's viewing habits in New Japan. I got 652 votes. 17% said they'd watch more New Japan. 74% said they'd watch the same. 9% said they'd watch it less. So I thought that was really interesting, particularly in light of our awards a couple of months ago, which were very Kenny Omega heavy, very elite heavy. But in spite of that, we had less than 10% of people who took part in this poll saying that they're going to watch less New Japan as a result. So even the people who really love Kenny Omega in the elite are going to keep watching New Japan. There is a danger they might lose the more casual fans, which could hurt the US expansion. But the people I've spoken to who love Kenny, they're fine with it. And it's exciting when guys leave companies. It's exciting when you get to see new faces in new places. And Kenny had a great run, a great run, like an all-time classics, In especially last year. He was all over the match of the year polls. And maybe he'll come back. I hope he does, because he's a tremendous wrestler. But I'm okay with it if he doesn't. And I'm excited to see what Kenny Omega Unleashed looks like in All Elite Wrestling. And that also means new opportunities for new people. It means wrestler movement. It means you get guys like Jay White being able to move up the card. And like I said before, some other people said as well, I think Young Bucks leaving might be a bigger blow, because... I'm not sure the current New Japan tag division can put on the kind of high-level tag matches that the Bucks and the Golden Lovers did last year. So it's going to be interesting to see if the new beginning in Sapporo sales turns out to be something that's happening regularly, if they keep managing to draw similar or improve numbers in Japan without Kenny Omega, as they did with him last year, because he did prove that he was a draw. But what I think these numbers are showing over recent months, Damon, is that New Japan has got a ton of brand equity right now because it's showing that the fans have faith in the product and the fans are going to give them that slack unless it turns out that the other guys on top are not good enough. So at the moment, I just feel that people are going to New Japan because it's New Japan, not because of any individual names. And as we touched upon earlier, we've got to give credit to New Japan for always being ready to bring the next person up when someone leaves because a lot of other wrestling companies, when they lose key players, they suffer because they're not prepared for it. And I can't think of many other companies who are always ready for that next wave when there are multiple big-name departures, as it happens a few years ago with AJ Styles and Nakamura leaving at the same time. So I think the big acid test is going to be, can they come up with a match this year that is going to sell out at least one of those shows at Budokan Hall? Because they're running that three nights in a row. You'd expect the G1 final itself to sell out just because it's the G1 final. But Kenny and Ibushi managed to sell that out, which is a huge feather in both of their caps. So we need to give them credit for that because the Okada Tanahashi match drew, what, half that number? So that's going to be interesting 
to see what kind of match they go with for those Budokan Hall shows and what numbers they do. And I think that will give us a big indicator about star power and who are the big draws in the company. I think someone who's been overlooked is Shingo. I think heavyweight Shingo is a secret weapon that they can deploy at some point. And of course, I'm sure they're looking to recruit some big names this year. Of course, there's always the possibility that Kenny could come back. But, you know, we've seen before with Ibushi and others of that ilk that Gato is only going to go up to a certain point with people that he doesn't have under contract and he can't control. So I said before, I, I don't think Kenny Omega will ever be IWGP heavyweight champion again. And I think that will also have a knock-on effect on what Kenny wants to do. Does he want to come back to a company where he isn't going to be treated like the big star that he wants to be treated? So, I mean, I've been rambling here. To sum it up, I think Kenny was really important to the company, but also that him leaving is not going to do too much damage to the company. I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think he was really valuable for New Japan in not only the Western expansion, but also Japan. But they'll be fine without him moving forward. I just thought it was interesting Dave Meltzer said that New Japan had a glaring lack of star power on the new beginning shows because these shows actually outdrew the year prior. I think Jay White looks ready. I think Will Ospreay's got a ton of star potential. So does Juice. He's looking like a star in Ring of Honor. Uh, Shingo, as I said, I think is a real wild card. He's not been pinned yet. That's not a coincidence. And there are going to be new signings. So those are my CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. He's still going to die on that hill. Hey, look, uh, look, I, here's, here's where I think with the, with the events that have transpired in the past week, week and a half, you know, new Japan missing out, losing out, whatever people's perception is of, of the situation, um, on Kenny Omega really isn't that you know, perception is, is 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 people's reality, right? Um, I think if Kenny were WWE bound, I th- I truly believe that the perception in most pro wrestling fans' eyes would be that New Japan fucked up, dropped the ball, whatever, right? There would be that perception of they didn't make an offer high enough, or they didn't whatever sweeten the deal enough to make Kenny stay. Kenny went to a company that is new, where he has a ton of control. Money is going to be in line. But I really don't even think it's the money. I really feel like it's I'm working in a company with my friends where I have control over what happens. That's that's pretty huge, right? All elite wrestling will make money. It really will. Um, they're going to sign a TV deal that will be pretty, pretty good. To steal a uh, a, a curb reference. Pretty, pretty good. Oh, I know what the closing music in our uh, today's episode has to be now. Oh, yes. Fatwa! Look. Kenny uh, has has everything that he could possibly want. And, you know, it felt to me, in, in, in listening to what he had to say, and, you know, kind of maybe reading a little bit between the lines, it was, that played a few huge factor in it, right? 
Him feeling like he is wanted. Him feeling like he is valued. Now, some people's perception of that is is much different than other people's. Some people are okay to just show up to work, do what they got to do, know they put they gave all that they could, get rewarded with it with a paycheck or a bonus or whatever the case may be or an award at the end of the year for being the top whatever, and that's that. And they're able to go home and enjoy their life with their family and friends. Other people need to have that constant uh, affirmation of, Yes, you are the guy. Yes, you are good. Yes, yes, yes. You, we value you. Yeah, some people need that. Some might argue I might need that. That might be me. It's fine. Uh, he didn't get what he needed from the company, dare I say, from an emotional standpoint. He didn't feel valued. He said in, in, in the interview that, again, they they gave him the title. Not that they didn't feel valued, but they weren't. Ex- what were the word, words he used? He, they weren't excited as much as the other places were to have Kenny Omega. He was valued. He didn't feel the excitement. He didn't feel the buzz. Okay, that's 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 what gets him up in the morning. That's what he thrives on. And that's that's what makes him him, and that's fine. Uh, and he can find that working with his friends for a new company with money and vision and and an idea that that aligns with his visions, which is very important, right? He could work for a pro wrestling company, but if he's going to the company and saying, "Well, I kind of want to do this and I kind of want to wrestle this way and I kind of want to say this and I kind of," and he's not getting that, he's the it feels to me, I don't know him, but it feels to me he's the kind of guy that 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 uses uses is a bad word that that takes those experiences and sees them as a negative. Right? He 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 wants to be able to do what he wants to do. He feels like he has the 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 power to do that, and he absolutely does in all elite. Does this hurt New Japan as much? I don't because you're right. They set themselves up perfectly to have stars waiting. Listen, I said it earlier. Signing Coda is a huge deal. And again, I think Kenny had mentioned on the show that um, this uh, that Coda has a wrestling school in Japan, and you know he also wants to focus on that. So again, whatever. You mean the, reason, the Ibushi Pro Wrestling in- Research Institute? Let's not call it a I, wrestling school. It's this is my, a, my, a scientific my, masterpiece. My bad. A scientific community, a hub of uh, of scientific community. Uh, yeah, so you know he's got that going on. Look, whatever the case may be, it's significant. I don't think New Japan loses that much. From a, I know everybody wants to point to this Western expansion and and how Kenny was was leading that charge. And look, he was a huge piece. You can't discount that. If you do, you're you're just turning a blind eye. He is big in that. He is huge in that. He did bring and keep and captivate. A, a, a good portion of the New Japan audience. We can't lie about that. We can't turn away from that. With that being said, New Japan will survive. New Japan will thrive. And New Japan will be okay with this Western expansion. Now, I know everybody's pointing to Dallas and, and using that as the barometer. Dallas is going to sell out. 
I got no doubts Dallas, Texas for G1 first night is going to sell out. That is going to be a marquee event. And we should hear tickets being on sale pretty soon for that, probably after the Garden, I would think, right? Um, so, again, that that's a marquee event. Big names. Should be fine. Um, I don't know what that's going to – again, I don't. I, I think people are expecting to see – uh, like like, all singles matches in Dallas are going to be disappointed. I don't think you're getting that. I think you're getting a block, whether that's B, whether that's A, whatever that fleshes out to be. I don't think you're going to get both, right? I think you're going to get one or the other. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got the stamina to sit through 10 big high-profile singles matches. You wouldn't even get that at Wrestle Kingdom. Right, right, right. So pump the brakes on having all these, you know, having both blocks. I think you're going to get one. Uh, but it's still going to be great. I think it's going to be solid. I, I I think that sells out. I really do. Um, so there we go with the Kenny Omega thing. You heard the interview. I, I mean, I don't know what else to talk about there. Uh, he has it in his clause that he can wrestle for New Japan if he wants to. Doesn't sound like he wants to. I mean, from what he was talking about, it doesn't sound like he's that interested in in working for them anymore. Uh, I think. Yeah, he, can I jump in yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Because we have a question from... John Carroll, who is the host of Wrestling Omakase on Voices of Wrestling. And they asked, did either of you listen to Kenny's interview on Observer Radio? And if so, do you share my opinion that he sounded pretty damn bitter about his New Japan run ending? Now, I heard this interview and he's saying, Kenny was saying things like, of all the offers he received, including WWE, New Japan was the worst option. He gave his soul to NJPW. He wanted to give Harold a chance, but other companies were more excited to have him. Uh, in New Japan, he was handed a bag of lemons and had to make lemonade. He was given stuff from creative that had very little thought put into it. So, yeah, I the did stress. He, you mentioned the stress, of bit. right? The yep. stress that he was yep. under, He's sleepless not sleeping nights. well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Look, uh, it, it, it didn't sound to me, Joel, that, again, he, he mentioned of the three offers that he got, New Japan was the least was the least exciting, right? Least exciting. So so what does that tell you? You know, if he's putting it third, he, he's got to be thinking too that that you know, I, it's just you know it's, it's not the right time, it's not the right place. They they they're not exci- as excited. Uh, I don't know if buried him. I don't think he buried New Japan. But I, I again, third third is last <laughs> of the three. Um, you know, not not very excited for it. Do you think those are fair complaints given that they did put their biggest singles and a very, like, the most prestigious title in wrestling, I think, that they put that title on him? I do. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like they – he was the top guy, right? You know, he he was the guy. I don't, I, I kind of I, – I don't know. I kind of question what else could they have done for him. You know, how else would they have made him feel like he was the guy? I guess he felt like he was playing backseat to Okada and Tanahashi. Okay, well, you know that's, that's I, I you know that's if 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 he felt that way, then that's that's kind of hard to overcome. Um, and he's not going to have that. He's not going to have that that perceived ceiling that that I guess he felt he had. You know, he's not going to have that in all elite. Um, I will say this though, and again, not to be negative, Damon. Name me a pro wrestling company in the past 10, 
20 years that has succeeded um, and hasn't lost money and hasn't uh, been really looked at eventually as, you know, they may have had peaks, but there's been plenty of valleys. Name me a promotion that hasn't had that in the United States. History is against all elite, right? Let's, Let's be truthful. History is against them. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm not saying that they won't. I support them 100%. I will watch those shows, and I think they have the potential to have the best wrestling in the United States. Uh, history's not on their side, and hopefully they have the people in, in, in charge, and it sounds like they do. They're saying the right things that to not make the same mistakes that other companies have made in the past. Yeah, that's what you want to hear, really. You don't want to hear all the, oh, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. I used to be on the forums, blah, blah, blah. You want to hear whoever's in charge saying, I want to turn this into a successful, profitable business. Because the ones that start off with, oh, I just love wrestling. I want to be a fan again. Those ones are usually the ones that end up in tears. So I will say that much. I think this is feels like quite unique circumstances. So I think they'll be okay. I think they'll do well. And again, we'll see how the ticket sales go for double or nothing. But... I think they'll be fine, and I'm interested to see what Kenny Omega, with the creative shackles taken off him, uh, is able to produce. We've got a question from Lone Magician who says, US expansion feels far off without the elite. Besides singles matches from the Big Four, what can New Japan do to draw big crowds in the States? Putting the G1 cards, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's number one, right? Um, hmm... I don't think I mean I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of torn in the sense of yeah of course there's it's 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 a blow to the US expansion losing omega losing bucks even losing cody but on, on the other hand they have the talent and they have the the being I don't think they're going to lose ground new japan I really don't do you really think there's going to be a ton of people that don't watch New Japan now because Kenny and the Bucks aren't there? Well, that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, the the poll that I run suggests not. But again, I'm sure there are plenty of very fringe fans who are primarily fans of Kenny Omega and the Bucks who are not fans of New Japan, who don't have that kind of brand loyalty, who are going to stop following the product because of that. But we're going to f- see in time how many that actually is and... Again, I think seeing how the sales do for the Dallas show is going to be the big test for that. Yeah, that that that's again. I think it's going to sell out. Um, I think the G one is enough of a draw. Um, I think I think New Japan knows they have to put on a decent show there too, right? I think, and I also think they learned from their mistakes. And there, there's there's going to be announcements about you know people uh, being there and. Uh, you know, you're not going to run into a a situation like Nashville and and Charlotte and all that. That I think they've learned from their mistakes, <laughs> and and you'll hear a lineup and tickets, and you'll have a lot more information going in. And you can because it's G1. All you got to do is announce who's going to be in that block, and you know, safe assumption is is that all those people will be there. Um. So that's all they, that they really need to do, just a little little preemptive thing. But I think they've learned from their mistakes when it comes to Dallas. 
Nicole says, if you're Harold's bosses, how hot are you making his seat after his failure to re-sign Kenny with Dallas, three nights in Budokan and two Wrestle Kingdom shows on the horizon, especially in light of his comments regarding that for him, WWE was ahead of New Japan in terms of places he could have landed. So do you think this reflects badly on Harold May at all? No, I think I no, I don't because I, th- I here's the thing. I think monetarily they they made the offer that was proper. I think that um and again, everything that we discussed. I I just think that and again, I'm not trying to be a New Japan apologist here, but I I really feel like that you know, New Japan was kind of in a no-win situation in the sense of Kenny felt like he did everything he could in New Japan. He said that on the on the interview. Two, he's got an opportunity to wrestle for his and with his fr- best friends in the business, and have creative control um, that he that he wouldn't have in WWE. Even though many people's perception is WWE is the big show, and WWE is the you know the, again the place where he shows up and instantly becomes more famous. Um, and again, dream matchups that he could wrestle all those people that he wrestled before. It's not like he hasn't wrestled a lot of those people in, in in WWE, but again, a lot of a lot of some people maybe not. Um, he I, no, I don't think again losing the WWE. It might have been looked a little bit more of egg on his face, but I think I really think New Japan did everything they could except give away the farm to Kenny Omega, and they weren't going to give away the farm to Kenny Omega. Okay, um, Grizzly Shark asks: Do New Japan need to bring in more talent? either going back to how they would do business, working with other companies for one-shots, or even just hiring more talent, or graduate slash push the talent they have already. Just thought I'd say talent one more time. Talent. Talent. Look, let's go... Do we have to go through the whole roster? We don't have to go through the whole roster. They have talent. They don't need every... I I don't think signing people the way WWE signs people is necessarily smart. Because they have people that they obviously aren't going to use or are unable to use. I think they need they, they I'd rather have less than more and not using it. Like there's nothing more frustrating than having talented people and then not using it. Can they sign more people? Uh, and will they sign more people? Probably big names? Yes. Um, are they looking is New Japan Pro Wrestling actively looking for new talent? Yes. And I can 100% say that with the utmost of certainty. Yes, they are. Who they are, don't know. Don't know. But I know for a fact that they they are actively looking everywhere. Um, and I think I, – here's the big difference, though. While, while they are looking for names, right, I really don't necessarily think that they're looking for people that are um, – I don't want to say over the hill – or on the downslope of their careers. I think really what they're looking for are guys that are on the upswing and have, I don't want to say untapped talent. I don't even want to necessarily say young lions. I think somewhere in that, that, that ground though, um, that's that, those are the type of people that they're looking for. They're not necessarily looking for, I don't want to say a Dean Ambrose, right? That might not necessarily be the people that they're looking for. It could be, but it doesn't sound to me the information that I'm hearing is that that's the type of person that they're looking for. Um, 
they will sign people. They will sign names. But I, I, but maybe like a Jericho deal, right, where it's not necessarily a full-time deal, but they're going to bring in people to pop houses. Uh, but their main focus is, is bringing in talent and young talent to to make stars like they did with Jay White, like they did with Evil, like they did with Hiromo, like they, like they are doing with Shingo, um, and focusing that route as opposed to bringing in Randy Orton, right? Right? That that's really what what their focus is. Derek says, "Do you think that New Japan will ever push a Gaijin non dojo wrestler again to the levels of Omega since his departure?" So, do you think there's a bit of getting your fingers burnt here? I think the biggest fear is is that is that you know at the back of their mind that you know they don't want to be used, right? So you know build them up and have them leave. Certainly not helping anybody, but. Um, could they? Yeah. I mean, who knows what the landscape of pro wrestling and who the next big star is going to be in five years. Um, I can't say never say never, but again, I don't really feel like that New Japan feels like they were burnt by Kenny Omega. They got a lot of good things out of Kenny Omega. And at the very at the very least, they acknowledge what Kenny Omega has done for New Japan pro wrestling. It's not like they completely turned their back on Kenny Omega and said, fuck you. I never want to talk to you again. I don't think that's the case at all. I really just feel like it's, you know, Kenny's going to f- explore other options that he feels are is is going to help further his career more, and and New Japan is not going to give away the farm to try to keep Kenny Omega. That's really what it comes down to. Um, so no, I, uh, I, to answer his, the, the question, uh, never say never. I can't say never say you know I can't say that'll never happen, but. Um, I think they're set up with the talent they have for the next foreseeable future. This is something that I asked on Twitter a few days ago, but uh, CD asked, presuming that Omega and Hangman are out of the G1. Well, first of all, do you think Kenny Omega is out of the G1? Gun to your head. Yes. Okay, so presuming that Omega and Hangman are out of the G1, who are the likely replacements? Is it as simple as Osprey and Taichi? And I think yes. Sorry to be boring, but those are the two prime candidates. Yep. Yeah, I think Osprey's definitely in, right? Uh, tai Chi is is a, a solid maybe, right? Um, look, that's not to say that they don't bring in somebody right then and there for G1, right? Maybe they announce somebody, you know, m- making his debut in the G1. Who knows? Um, but I think Osprey definitely fills one of those gaps, absolutely. And... Last question I've got on this Kenny Omega situation. And now it's time once again for Joel states that wrestlers are in a relationship as if it was a verifiably proven fact, when it's more so just his idealized fantasy based on hearsay. With Dan asking serious question, do Ibushi and Kenny still love each other? Well, the answer is no, they've broken up. And that is absolutely verifiably proven fact. I'm not just making that up and pulling it out of my ass. I think the fact that Kenny has left and Ibushi is staying shows that they've had uh, a very tumultuous <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Um, grumpy and hate-fueled Ooh. breakup. And oh. that, that's it, yeah. The relationship's in tatters, I'm afraid. <laughs> Joel, that's, that's, uh, that's terrible speculation on your... Fact, I'm sorry. Fact on your part. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Look, even with that... Uh, but the uh, documentary coming out, really? It's still, it's, that's going to be awful timing, Joel, don't you think? 
I don't know. I've tempered my expectations of this documentary, even though it is called Kenny Omega Wrestling Love Story and has the picture on the front of him and Ibushi cuddling each other or whatever it is. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the groundbreaking thing that I hoped it was going to be. I think it's going to be pretty bland, but mm. hey, we'll wait and see. I will reserve judgment mean, until I've mean, seen it. You mean no fellatio at all? <laughs> No, in this well, event, yeah, I, I thought it was a reasonable expectation to have a full live sex act uh, mm. on this documentary, but apparently no. No. Mm. All right. <laughs> I was disappointed as you are, mate. <laughs> I know. Pants were down, as they say. Uh, all right. Well, look. Well, again, we're, we, we, we poke fun. We're just, we're just having a laugh, kids. All right. Uh, where, where do we got to go now? Because I'm a, I'm a very busy person, Joel, you know. Okay, let's go to talk about Katsuya Kitamura, who has left NJPW. So this is from The Observer. Katsuya Kitamura, age 33, declined to sign a new contract with New Japan. He hasn't wrestled since March of last year. Uh, I take this with a pinch of salt due to shattering his leg in a scooter accident. He believes he is ready to return to action, but the New Japan doctors wouldn't clear him. New Japan offered him full pay until he was cleared, but he wanted to start wrestling now and is expected to sign with another company. Uh, two questions, Damon. Do you buy this thing about the shattered leg and the scooter accident? And two, where would you like to see Kitamura end up and who would you like to see him wrestle first all right uh, first of all i will say this that privacy is a big deal uh when it comes to uh injuries as as we well know right so it's 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 hard to get information but i would think a scooter accident would be something that could be easily verifiable uh and and truth be told i haven't heard i really haven't heard and and we've heard a thousand different theories of what went wrong and why and who and is he hurt is it a concussion is it the, uh, everything i mean we've heard it uh so look if the doctors say no you, you gotta you gotta you gotta side with the doctors i would think right uh i would anyway he wants to wrestle. Okay, great. New Japan doesn't want the the the, the headache of if something goes wrong, away we go. Uh, where do I think he winds up? I mean, there's there's 620 wrestling promotions in Tokyo. Um, he'll wind up with one of them, and I'm sure you know any one of them would be would be thrilled to have him, right? So I well, mean, a I fantasy he, book for me. Give me one. Give me a name. I'll give you. I don't. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, you, I would think it all Japan would be more than happy to take him. I would think uh, a, a big Japan would be more than happy if, if he does big Japan. Then he's doing the entire. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. He's doing the entire circuit. I don't think he signs to one company. I, I, I think you know in this day and age, and I know there's there's this, this this working relationship that they're talking about, big Japan and all Japan, and you know you got t- tag titles swapping and all that. I don't think he winds up in like a Dragon Gate. Um, I think he does the the Korkin tour of of Japanese promotions, Big Japan, All Japan, Wrestle. He does them all. He's hitting everybody, um, and he doesn't sign an exclusive deal. All right, so Kitamura versus Ryota Hama, pants up or pants down? I don't like Hama. I don't. I, I just it does nothing for me. Um, pants down. But I uh, know. Right, what about up. Kitamura versus Sekimoto? Uh, I would go. I would go pants down for that. Those are two beefy guys beating the shit out of each other, and that's that's when you would really see what he's got too. I mean, in a match like that, you know, allowed to do whatever not whatever he wants to do, but you know, kind of you know, let the young lion reins go. Let's see what he's got. That that'd be very interesting. Yeah, I just want to see him 
getting the shit, just slapping the shit out of each other with other meaty boys, you know, sticking with a All Japan with a Ishikawa or a Zeus or someone like that, and you know, take your pick. Really, uh, I'm going to pick up on what you just said there about that alliance, quote unquote, because it seems that Suwama and Ishikawa, who are the real violence giants, not um, Sekimoto and Okabayashi, who I mistakenly said were the violence giants last week, which you failed to correct me, Damon, because they're actually strong BJ and not um, violent BJ, as Rich Kreich said on his show. But uh, Suwama and Ishikawa will be targeting Noah this year based on an article from yesterday and their comments at the Tokyo Sports Awards. And it brings up the idea of an All Japan Noah Wrestle One working together to quote unquote stop NJPW. Do you put any credence into that at all? Uh, no, I don't. I think it's a Tokyo sports story that. Um, now, I, I, I mean, how are they going to stop that? They, they, collectively, they don't. They they can they can pull all their money together, and they're still not as profitable as New Japan. So, no, I think we're, I think we're just chirping, just chirps, just chirps there. All right, and uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor's relationship is to continue post MSG because we've had the announcement of the War of the Worlds shows, which are Ring of Honor New Japan co-promoted shows, to return in May. Is that a surprise to you at all? No, no, no. Given that they've they've. Uh, they pick their side with Ring of Honor. Um, what is it? Toronto, Buffalo. That they're doing that whole, you know, that whole swing. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do to fill that card because Kushida's usually <laughs> mainstay on all those shows. Uh, what are they going to do without him? Uh, Los Ingobernables will, will, will once again uh, be there. I'm sure. Nothing, nothing confirmed, of course, kids. But you know, if history has anything to do with it, we'll see uh, Los Ingobernables once again make the the War of the Worlds round. It'll be a very grueling schedule for whoever is sent to those shows, given, as I mentioned last week, the very heavy schedule they've got in May with all the uh, Don Taku shows and the new show that they announced that I can't remember the name of. I should probably look that up instead of fumbling around, but, you know, I can't be bothered. But, yeah, whoever does that is going to be working a lot of shows and it's going to be very, very tired. Um, next thing I have here is talk of NXT Japan. So apparently WWE had reps in Japan this past week to talk with different companies about business relations and opening the door for NXT Japan. So should we be worried, Damon? And is it only a matter of time before this is the super NXT Japan cast? <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Depeche Mode. Um, look, we, we've said it before here, right? That that the end goal is it's like risk. It's like the board game risk, where Uncle Paul and uh, Captain Vince are uh, you know they're they're trying to take over the world, and uh, pawns are being shuffled and chess pieces are being moved. I think NXT Japan is 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 right around the corner. It's it's that's going to happen, and I think look. If you're if you're a, a Japanese indie pro wrestler and you're making you know the the US equivalent of like 50 bucks or 20 bucks or 25 bucks it might be enticing you know to kind of w- walk into and be a part of the NXT brand uh I think I think new excuse me I think WWE will will do their darndest to lock up as many people as they possibly can. So I think that's, again, another reason why contracts are very important in this day and age because, um, again, here comes Uncle Vince, Uncle Paul and, and, and Grandpa Vince <laughs> uh, trying to muscle their way in. And 
again, when they're throwing around money, money talks a lot. So it's, uh, it is concerning, I, I would say. It, it is concerning. It should be something that people are looking at. I was going to say, culturally speaking, that I don't think they're going to find that most wrestlers have the kind of reverence towards the brand of WWE that they do in the West. Somewhere like the US or the UK, WWE has got that brand recognition as being number one. But I've always felt that in Japan, that's not really the case. And anytime WWE have gone over there, the ticket sales have been okay, but nothing blow away. So I don't feel it's the kind of environment where a young wrestler thinks, wow, I can be a WWE star. And that being the be all and end all, that being like the wrestling mecca for them that it is in the West. It, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. But I, 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 don't, I don't think that they are blind to the fact that WWE is the number one pro wrestling promotion in the world and the fact that you can be a star around the world instantly and the fact that i mean keep in mind this 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 you know this speculated NXT Japan is going to be you know they're going to run Corkin you know and and they're, they're going to be uh i would say the first couple of shows there's going to be lots of interest especially if they sign guys if you're wrestling for wrestle 1 for instance you got to look at that opportunity to wrestle for, you know, at least under the umbrella of WWE as, okay, this might be interesting. Again, they're going to come with their checkbooks. Um, and again, I'm not saying that a guy from Wrestle 1 or Zero One or what have you is going to make millions of dollars. No. What I'm saying is, is that it might be a little bit more secure than, than those other options. So while it doesn't have the, like, you know, like they're not sitting in their bedroom with a you know a stone cold Steve Austin poster on their wall. Um, that being said, you know new promotion starts up and they have cash to pay you. I don't see why not. A question from Tim: Pants up or pants down? New Japan working with NWA for the Crockett Cup. Also, do you think that will lead to an NWA title defense at one of the Dome shows next year? Possibly. So new Japan are going to be sending teams to the Crockett Cup yeah. on in April. That is late April. Mm-hmm. I love the Crockett Cup. I'm not going to lie. I I loved them as a kid. I watching like having that announcement and having the Crockett. Cup, I, I was really excited for. It. I I don't know why. I just thought it was like one of those just coolest fucking things ever. Um, and I had like my little grid, you know, like my little brackets and everything. And oh, this is the Canadian team: Dino Bravo and Rick Martel. And uh, it's like one of those, you know, it's like back in the day. It was it w- it would be the equivalent of like a fire pro wrestling. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of it. I mean, if, and it can be done well, depends on who they bring in. I mean, listen, they're not bringing in, you know, you, know, you, you might get Chase and Udrow. That might be a nice little spot for Chase and Udrow, right? That, that Crockett Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I like it actually. Yeah. I would, I would, I would I'd like watch that. that. Yep. Um, and again, you bring in other teams from around the world that, 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 listen, it, it has the potential to be very cool. Um, so pants down totally. Uh, it is going to be broadcasted too, so um, I, I might have to check that out. I mean, I like the idea of it. I love the. I love. I like a tag team tournament, like a, like a single elimination tag team tournament. I love it. I really do. Um, so pants down. I'm in for that. Good job. And will uh, I think Marty Skrull? What is Mar- did Marty? Where does where is Marty? What's the what's the status of Marty? Did he sign with New Japan? Does anybody know? No, I think I he's just—he's just—he's still waiting for his 
Ring of Honor contract to expire, yeah. I guess, until he joins his buddies in All Elite. Okay. But am I right in saying I think he's going to be facing Nick Aldis for the NWA title? Correct. Correct. So uh, that should be interesting as well. So, uh, okay. Well, there you go. So I, I, yeah, I would expect him to uh, join his friends. So uh, just a matter of time again, as the Pesh Mode would say. All right. What else we got? And also... Uh, CMLL are going to be sending teams to the Crockett Cup. So New Japan and CMLL obviously have got a strong partnership together. You see that in the Fantastic Mania shows. But we have All Elite Wrestling announced their partnership with AAA. Now, AAA and CMLL are two promotions that do not get on very well. So do you feel that's kind of a line in the sand that is going to prevent All Elite Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling from ever working together? Can't say ever, but... um... It makes things a little bit more difficult. It's kind of like me, you know. I'm gonna. I'm now going to be friends with the the guy, like 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 with bad luck folly hitting on your on your woman, right? On your girl, right? Uh, you know, that that that's not going to go over too well with you, is it? Right? You're not going to like that. So it's terrible analogy, but. It's kind of like that, right? Uh, it's going to make things a little bit difficult. I can't say it would be the you know the be all to end all, and and that would be the breaking point. But um, it would make relationship string. I would say, yep, absolutely. The last piece of news here I've got is two days of fan festivals to kick off the G1 Supercard in New York City. So New Japan Pro Wrestling and ROH bring you G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden on Saturday, April the 6th. To kick off the event, NJPW brings New Japan Matsuri at the Japan Village in Brooklyn, New York on Thursday, April 4th and G1 Festival of Honor at the Hulu Theatre at Madison Square Garden on Friday, April the 5th. So, what do you think, Damon? Are we going to go to these? The first one, the New Japan Matsuri is free and... I'm appealed by this idea of Japan Village. That sounds great because I like Japan and I like villages. So put those two things together and I'm there. There's going to be a talk show featuring New Japan wrestlers, a NJPW merchandise booth, plus many more events and activities in the works. And the G1 Festival of Honor, that one you have to pay for. It's $39 if you book it early or $49 on the day. Um, the ticket includes a G1 Supercard hat and lanyards with a $30 cash value. Plan events are an ROH and New Japan wrestlers meet and greet, including a signed G1 Supercard portrait, ROH and New Japan wrestler Q&A, G1 Supercard press conference, G1 Supercard merchandise booth, plus many more stage events and interactive activities planned. So uh, either of those taking your fancy? Well, it sounds like $40 to, to spend more money. I'm paying $30 so I can spend more money. Um that's a Friday night, right? Well, f- well, Friday night. Uh, I don't know. Are there some shows I'm going to? Right? Where's it? No. I mean, look. When are we watching Johnny Gargano staring at his hands? Uh, that would be Friday night, right? Is it that Friday night? Because Saturday's Ring of Honor, yeah. Uh, New Japan, then Sunday. Why is he Mania. so violent? Yeah, exactly. Why is he so violent? <laughs> I just can't help myself. <laughs> It'd be great. We're going to get so loaded. We're in the last row. So great. Um, yeah, so we, we are... We, I'm just going to be screaming now. I'm going to get absolutely hammered. And I'm just going to be right up there in the cheap seats. Yeah. Why is he so violent? <laughs> oh, it'll be great. Um, I mean, what time is... I mean, look, maybe if it starts... Uh, look, I'm not paying 40 bucks to, to do that. I'm, I'm going to be very truthful. Um, 
if if somebody would like to, uh, you know, get me in there and maybe I'll spend a couple minutes, that'd be fine. I'm surprised that we haven't been asked to do any shows as of yet. We haven't been asked to do any podcast live remote. Or we anything. should have a fucking panel there, Damon. I, I you would think uh, that would happen, right? Um, yeah, maybe we talk to somebody and make that happen. I mean, or we just drink all week and then don't give a shit <laughs> and have a relaxing vacation. Uh, all right, but we'll figure that out. But nah, I mean, eh, I'm probably not going to. I mean, like I said, if somebody gets me in, I'll go for you know a little bit. But like, I like I'm not interested in spending money to have the opportunity to spend more money. I'm good. And here's the thing too: Do I need another fucking Tomohiro Ishii autograph? I, I have plenty. I'm 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 pretty good there. I'm trying to. Even I think, think Tomohiro Ishii needs a Damon McDonald autograph. Now nah, we're talking. The only thing that I would like to get is. Uh, so the the Liger autobiography, there's that full big picture of me and him in there. Um, maybe get that signed. That might be fucking cool. Um, that would be it, though. That would be the only one I would want to get. So uh, if anybody can get me in there for free. And, and again, I, from what we understand, like credentials are being handled by Ring of Honor, which is like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah, so I don't know. All right, we'll figure that out, but probably not. I've just been handed a kitten burrito by Mally. So, oh. oh, and Scampy looks like he's about to do a run in. So, well, those are all the news points I have. We have a lot of Discord questions and Twitter questions. So, do you want to go into some of those or do you want to save them for the weekend where there'll probably be not that much to talk about? Let's do the weekend. Um, I'm kind of pressed for time, number one. And number two, we'll be able to dedicate more time to those questions. Uh, and again, I think we got a full two hours under our belt here. So, uh, yeah, let's let's wrap up this one and 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 save those those hard hitting and and good questions by the way, uh, for next week. Yeah, so if you've already given us a question on Twitter or Discord, it is in my notebook file. So don't send another one because if you send another one, then your questions are going to get pushed further down the list. Unless you think of a better question that you want to replace your previous question, in which case, send the. I've confused myself now. I'm going to stop talking. That's all right. Uh, let's fine. wrap this up. <laughs> so, again, let me get a plug-in for the Discord channel, which is excellent. There's always breaking news on there, uh, interesting opinions, good discussions, and translations. And it's particularly good for watching live shows, as I said earlier. So you can find the link to that in the show notes. You can buy our t-shirts on pro wrestling tees and let's give a plug here because editor dan has designed and launched his own shirt with the get editor dan to japan campaign because that guy really deserves it man the hours and hours and hours and hours he puts in to editing this show and editing out all our stupid mistakes and putting the stingers in and all of that stuff without a penny doesn't get anything because obviously there is no money. We don't get money. Wrestling yeah. podcasting. Yeah, we're certainly not getting paid. So if you want to reward Dan for all his excellent work, then please do buy his T-shirt, show some love for him, and all the proceeds to that will go towards the fund for him to make it out to Tokyo next year. And I can't think of anyone else more deserving. And it was so awesome to be out there, the three of us for Wrestle Kingdom 14, get a few strong zeros in Dan, hit the karaoke, that's the dream. So you want to support that? Go and buy Dan's T-shirt. Yes. Let me let me just chime in one second because that, that again, what is it like? Fifteen bucks for a T-shirt, right? Okay. And you might it's be nothing. Thinking, it's nothing, right? So here's the thing: you buy you buy this T-shirt, and you know that you're supporting Dan to get to 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 Japan. Now, again, you're probably thinking, "Well, fuck it, I want to go to Japan too." Well, you're not going to Japan for fifteen fucking dollars, all right? You're not going. You can't do it. So why don't you help somebody else, right? 
You help Dan. You, it's all in the pot, right? All in this pot so that this good guy who helps out this show and helps out your entertainment, that you, you, the joy that you would bring this gentleman who busts his ass for us uh, would be immeasurable. So, again, the goal is the three of us in front of that Tokyo Dome with strong zeros in our hand, and you can make a difference in someone's life for a measly 15 bucks. So what do you say? You buy a T-shirt. You feel good about yourself. You know you did something good. You did something good for the show. You get karma points. Uh, whatever whatever you fuck you want to do. You did good. You did a good job. Help Dan out and get to Japan. Okay, I'm done. Uh, also, I've got to get the plug in for the Voices of Wrestling end of year New Japan review book, which has got loads of stuff that what I wrote in there. So... I, I keep every time I plug this, I mean to go away and find an exact link where people can go and get that, but I can never be bothered to do that. I always forget to do it. So <laughs> right. uh, I've just searched for you know? <laughs> v- <laughs> I've searched a VOW book, and I've got a wedding vow book from Etsy. Twenty-two wedding vow books you'll cherish forever. So that's a non-starter. Let's try for VOW NJPW book and see what we come up with. Okay, here we go. So you can find that at www.voicesofwrestling.com forward slash NJPW eighteen. And that is really good. And there's tons of stuff in there and you'll be reading that for ages, but you'll be enjoying it. You can also support Dan by visiting his YouTube channel, 219 Films and a vodcast. Please subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network because there's some good stuff on there. Uh, A new episode of Open the Voice Gate going up, which I'm a big fan of now that I'm really getting into my Dragon Gate, Damon. I feel quite strongly that that is the clear number two wrestling promotion in Japan. And I'm very looking forward to seeing this pack versus KZ match, which everyone's raving about right now. So if you are starved of wrestling, I would strongly recommend you check out some Dragon Gate and give a listen to Open the Voice Gate on the VOW Podcast Network. Please give us a five snake review on iTunes. It really does help. I know this is the sort of thing that when you say it, everyone's probably stopped listening by now, but it really does help us. It bumps us up the rankings. So just give us a five star review, leave a nice little comment and it will do us a world of good. It will take you, what, five minutes to do? If that, right. and it makes a big difference, to and it helps so people get, and it helps people get jobs too, from what I understand. So come on, help you, help everybody out. Yeah, look, I, I think we're in agreement, Damon, that we are probably never going to do the Patreon thing because we don't want to feel obliged to yeah. churn out content because then our passion for it will die and the product will be crap. And some people are good at doing that stuff, but I don't think Not it's us. for us. So we want to keep this thing free, but it helps us to keep it free by people doing stuff like buying t-shirts and giving us reviews and things like that right yeah that is 100 all right yes follow us on twitter at the super jcast thank you everyone for listening and goodbye Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.